You're listening to episode 11 of Healthcare Beans. I'm your host, James Haven. And today I will be interviewing Michael Borner, the CEO of Engage Technologies Group. Engage is a tech startup currently operating in stealth mode, and their products are poised to transform patient education here in the U.S. and in the international healthcare markets. We discuss their breakthrough mobile intelligence technology, specifically how they connect patients to digital healthcare platform without friction, completely bypassing apps and user logins. We also talk about the value of video storytelling in healthcare, its application to population health, the importance of behavior change for disease prevention, gamified learning, the need to optimize the patient journey, and reducing practice burden on doctors and nurses. There are links in the show notes over at healthcarebeans.com if you want to learn more about Michael Borner and the exciting products his company is developing. I highly recommend checking it out, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Michael Bornier, welcome to Healthcare Beans. Great to have you. Thank you. And actually, Borner. <laughs> I did it again. I did it again. Bornier sounds cooler, though. It does. You know, I just keep reading it here, and it, it just makes total <laughs> sense. But I will not do that again. Michael Borner. Right. You are the founder and CEO of Engage Technologies Group. Um, how long has that company been up and running? I, I yeah, it's a little over five years. Five years. Okay. Is this your first company? No, it's actually my third, and uh, it's uh, kind of a continuation of that same kind of intersection between tech and content, but with new breakthrough technology. Awesome. Okay. So can I, can I say that you're sort of uh, at the intersection of healthcare, uh, technology, and, and communications? Is that, would that describe your career arc? Or Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to describe that intersection. Okay, great. Um, so what does your, you know, in a nutshell, and we'll certainly dive deep here, but, but what does your company do? Um, I checked out your website and, and, and I see several different categories of products there, probably targeting different client groups. Um, but, you know, I, I, I couldn't get a, you know, a behind the scenes look in terms of what your company is doing. Um, you know, who's your customer exactly? How do you guys make money? <laughs> I couldn't quite catch all that. You bet. Well, it's a great question. So our our company really does sit at this crossroad between technology, content, and also domain knowledge, specifically in a market vertical. And so our company is really all about mobile intelligence communication. It's a breakthrough uh, tech stack that has finally enabled us to be able to transfer knowledge very, very quickly and very efficiently between constituents. So between doctor and patient, or manufacturer to doctor. And so any environment where you really need to close that literacy gap of knowledge, it's a fast and most efficient way to be able to do this because it uses the three kind of biggest consumer behavioral shifts that we've seen. Mobile first, we finally have infrastructure, right? It's got technology in all of our pockets and purses. Second is this fascination people have with video. There are only three mediums. There's audio, print, and video. And so video is the most lifelike. And so people love video, but they don't really want it to be long unless it's um, entertainment. And so what we found is people love to learn through video, but you have to make it brief. And brevity is not easy with complexity. And so we've developed a method where we put a sequence of short videos in a row so you can watch content like a yellow brick road. 
And then third, if you ask just about anyone in the world, what's your favorite or best or most effective way to communicate with you? Almost everyone will say the same answer, text. There's something about text we all prefer. And so text is very interesting because it's got a unique place in our lives right now because it's not email with all the chaos and spam. It's also not social media. It's like a never ending river. Text is this quiet eddy that lives on our phone and in our lives every day that we interact with constantly for our friends and our family members, for our coworkers. And so we've taken all three of those big consumer shifts with mobile first, with short form video and text and built them into one unique uh, interoperable tech stack and used it heavily in healthcare because in healthcare, as you know, there's a huge need for a consistency of messaging across that continuum. And so we take storytelling, wrap it in the brand of the practice, and now we've deployed it into ophthalmology, optometry, dentistry, orthopedics, pharmaceuticals, and now into aesthetics with plastic surgery and dermatology. And so we're looking to go beyond healthcare into to things like financial services, veterinary, et cetera, where you always have this big gap between what the pedestrian knows and what the expert knows. And so that's a really powerful way to make the transfer of knowledge happen using someone's phone and short videos in a row in a sequence. Gotcha. Gotcha. So (laughs) this might be totally unrelated, but um, this makes me think of of two things that happened in the past few years. Um, One is Quibi. Do you remember Quick Bites or Quibi? It was this big sort of- Absolutely. Okay. Okay. That thing was was a catastrophic fail. (laughs) And it had two of the greatest people in technology and storytelling in the world in a billion dollar plus budget. Yeah, right, right. It's amazing. It's amazing. And then the other thing that happened at the same time was uh, TikTok. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, one just plummeted to the earth and the other one just skyrocketed. And I wonder if there are any lessons there, anything there that's that's related to, to how you design your videos or how you think about this industry that you're in. Yeah, it's a great question. In fact, I would love to read someone's longer treatise on what happened with Quibi because, you know, it was a very hot scenario. And one thing we do know is humans have a massive appetite for video content. You know, it's a hockey stick every year when you look at how much content there is. And so that's kind of uh, irrefutable in terms of content preference. Now, when it comes to TikTok, it's brevity for sure. And it's also filled with such interesting, engaging or unique things. It's almost like a car crash. You kind of can't look away and you just keep flipping through that thing. It's like, how much time has gone by? And so that piece is really kind of cranking up the dopamine engagement. Now, Quibi is interesting because they had some great tech and some wonderful uh, you know, ways to put content out there. But I think the idea of paying for snackable short form content was a difficult part of that uh, model because there's so much access given YouTube and you know, many other environments to have entertaining content without having to pay for it. But we also know that when it comes to the moment someone has what we call height of interest, time of need, which is heavily uh, part of your life when you have a diagnosis of a disease state, or you're told, sorry, you need surgery on your eyeballs, or you're going through knee or hip or spine or whatever type of surgery. Those are moments when we heavily lean in. We can't wait to learn immediately. And we've always got this phone on our person. And so we go to Dr. Google, who I think is an oncologist because everything ends up with cancer. And so we've got this signal to noise ratio where we've got so much to sift through. And so this whole concept of curation, you know, there are things that people are happy to pay for, like Stitch Fix and many other business models where someone that's really smart or has great style 
puts a subscription model for you and sends you a box of cool stuff every month. So you don't have to go out and figure it all out yourself. And so in a similar way with the kind of consumerization of healthcare, our company has said, why don't we work with the leading minds in each of these market verticals in healthcare? Let's have them participate in creating the finest content sequence ever made by doing a huge amount of listening. We spend entire weekends with the top surgeons, top doctors, and have them explain the entire patient journey. And we whiteboard the whole thing out. And we listen and listen and listen, ask all kinds of questions. Then we shadow the doctors and we take all that information and we put it into the sequence of short 90 second videos right in, in a row. And so if you remember um, the movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, he was in, stuck in the same day every day. And, you know, he, he finally wanted to kill himself because he was tired of learning everything about the town. He woke up and realized, you know what? I have all this, I would call it data about every person in town. Why don't I use it to serve them instead of being annoyed by them? Right, right. So next thing you know, he's catching Jimmy out of the tree at the exact moment, right? And then he goes and, you know, jacks up the tire and, you know, does the Heimlich and lights a lady's cigarette all in perfect timing. And he becomes like mayor of the town because he's right there. Well, doctors are a little bit like Bill Murray. They know hundreds and hundreds of times a month exactly what patients are going through, when the questions come in, what's going to be asked, the callbacks, et cetera. So what we've done is taken the time to map that patient journey and then do high-end movie quality filmmaking with a trusted guide, a host that walks you through the process. And then we wrap that entire video sequence in the brand of the doctor so that when someone receives it via mobile, oh, this is from my doctor. But the video content doesn't show any specific doctors. It shows the actors and the patients and the B-roll, et cetera. But because it's from a trusted relationship, it's provided height of interest, time of need, and there's no friction. The big breakthrough in our company and the reason it's growing so fast and now that we're going international is because we don't need an app. We don't need an email. We don't need a password. And yet we still have all the white label sophistication for the practice. And we have the ability to have full blown data and analytics down to the individual patient connected to the individual practice because we finally figured out a way in our unique proprietary technology stack to use the mobile number as the unique identifier. And they don't even have to enter it. It comes up automatically when they text or scan. And that puts the mobile number in our proprietary CRM. And it uses that to see what they're watching, what they're not watching. And if they binge watch four videos, the next morning they get video five. If they forget to watch a video, it goes, oops, Dr. Johnson wants to remind you to please watch, tap here to see the video. So it's a way to hold their hand and kind of a concierge experience all the way across the continuum, just in time. Hey. Good evening. It's the night before surgery. Make sure you don't eat after midnight or we'll have to cancel your surgery. Good morning. It's the morning after surgery. Here's how your surgical site should be feeling. Hey, it's three days after surgery. Here's what's going on. So again, back to Bill Murray, they already know all of this. And so what we did is we put it in this beautiful architecture, deliver it to the place that they love right on their phone. It's so intimate to them and using the medium they, they care about most. And it's also perfectly told every time. And when we just finished our knee, hip, and spine uh, library, and we went through one of those libraries, and I had one of our team members go through and say, write down every single item that the patient is supposed to know or learn in this whole pre- and post-op experience. It was 137 items oh, wow. that that staff is supposed to uh, consistently and properly explain. And when you've got the dynamics of anxiety, difficult space to learn in, you've got white coat syndrome, and my favorite, hallway amnesia. They can't seem to retain the information. 
And so now they have this perfectly timed way to do that right on their mobile device they can share with family or friends. And we even develop a, a way for the patient to tap a button and share a caregiver version. And the video that person gets starts with, we wanna thank you for being a caregiver. The patient shared with us that you'd be one of the people helping take care of them. And you're one of our heroes because you help patients go through this journey. So thank you. So the videos you're about to watch will help you better understand how to care for your loved one. So it's just a whole new breakthrough in terms of being able to provide wisdom at the item interest time of need from a trusted source. I, I know the listeners are going to be super interested in a couple, you know, in all of that, but one thing in particular, and, and I know you ran this, you ran me through this a few minutes back, but, and I think, I think this refers to from what I saw on your website, the frictionless sort of access. What do you call that exactly? Yes. It's just the whole idea that, you know, we help transform lives by delivering timely wisdom. And we believe that timely wisdom from a trusted source, trust relationship really empowers. The problem is if there's a friction barrier, like, okay, sorry, patient, you have to go to the app store. Which device do you have? Is it an iPhone? Is it an Android? Right. Now you got to download it. Now you got to register for it. Now you got to put your email and password in. Those types of experience absolutely kill engagement. So just like you saw, you know, when we met uh, on the, the Zoom video, you were able to instantly, within seconds, have the full experience on your phone. And we didn't have to ask you to surrender a cell number, an email address, or do any kind of registration. That's the breakthrough. Because if you can eliminate that little bit of friction, it transforms engagement. And what we're seeing, because we have all the data, uh, like on our cataract workflow, that's over 60 or almost 70,000 patients that have gone through that so far. Real patients are going through cataract surgery. And over 70% of all those patients are binge watching all six or seven episodes the first day. They're not waiting for it to drip to them. They just want it all now because they're so leaned in and very interested in their own healthcare journey. But that's the problem. You don't want to wait two days or have friction to be able to get to that issue you're trying to solve. So I just want to start from the beginning in terms of that, you know, the step-by-step -step process. Let's say, you know, I need knee surgery. Um, I just called a doctor, you know, one provider, you know, I'm, I'm still exploring my options. Um, this technology is available through this provider. What happens to me in that instance? Yeah, great question. So if you called and said, hey, I'm, I'm curious about this, I'd really like to better understand and they could either set your appointment or they could say, hey, if you're kind of still calling around, tell you what, just give us your, your first name and your cell number and we'll text you right now, right where you're on the phone. And they use something called the MyGuide portal, MI Guide stands for mobile intelligence. And right there at the practice in front of them on their screen is a simple custom URL. It's not even software. It's just a custom URL we give the practice that's branded for their particular location, their practice. And so they simply put the patient's first name and cell number in, and there's a little drop down that they can pick. Oh, you want knee surgery? Boom. Goes right to that patient's phone, comes over via text. The patient opens it up, taps the link and voila, they have a sequence of 90 second videos that walks them on that short journey to explain exactly what they need to know. And so the power of being able to do that instantly, you can imagine the time savings and the operational efficiencies this brings as well as it helps the patient right now, right away, have exactly the content they need that answers the, cons uh, the questions they have in the sequence in which they would normally ask. Well, you know how we know that? Because we spent a lot of time listening. So it really follows the normal human interaction. So that's the way that it works. And then we also now have the ability to integrate into the practice management or EHR system. So that all that, that uh, a staff member has to do is do their regular appointment setting. And then our system automatically sends the mobile communication to that patient again in the brand of the practice. Wow. Okay. And, you know, I'm hearing, I'm certainly hearing about, you know, education broadly. So this is education. Yeah. 
Um, and there's certainly behavior modification. I think I picked that up from your website, but, but I want to talk to you about that in a bit. But also like deep focus groups, right, in order to get this knowledge out. Is there like machine learning, artificial intelligence, that sort of analytics sort of piped in somewhere? Yes, all along the way, we're able to measure what the patient is doing. We're able to measure what percent they're watching. We can also, with our platform, and this is a key element of a learning management system, is ask them questions all along that way. And so in one of the cases, when it comes to dry eye, which is a huge uh, problem with the uh, uh, ocular surface of the eye, we can ask them questions about their particular condition and figure out whether they're mild, moderate, or severe, and then split that kind of bifurcation into content specifically relevant to the questions they just answered. So it's a whole new way to take them on a very specific journey. And then the other thing we have the ability to do is measure when it comes to drugs, uh, the uh, patient reported outcomes or the side effects. But the real key is they don't have to go sign up for a portal. They don't have to go through all of those problematic issues because our tech is utilizing a completely different construct for personalization that also is HIPAA compliant and TCPA compliant. So this is why it's so simple now to be able to, I mean, you, you tried it on your own phone. You saw yeah. how fast that occurred. So now we can do all of these, these permutations of workflows based on what that patient needs for their own particular unique circumstance. Gotcha. Now, in terms of where, where do you think you are or, or this technology is sort of the research? Are you still heavily informing this, these products? Are they changing? Or do you feel like you've really got it at the, at, at the top performance level right now? And you're sort of just distributing that across. Cultures? Sure. Yeah, we're always looking for ways to have build, measure, learn cycles to improve. Now, what's great about being able to see in real time what the analytics are showing us, we can see the moment we deploy it, what percent are watching to what completion rate of the video content. Are they tapping on the collateral that's connected to that episode? Are they binging it? Are they waiting? And so, so far, each of the deployments we have that's patient facing are just off the charts. No one's ever seen numbers like this. These were all handmade for an audience of one who were just diagnosed with something we knew exactly who they are. We know exactly what they're going through. And most importantly, it's being given to them by a trusted relationship, their doctor. And it's on the phone that they carry all the time without any friction. So it's kind of lining up all the boxes and checking them all. But that also allows us to be able to watch over time if that begins to wane because we can see the numbers. But a lot of this, of course, is also informed by any changes in standard of care, any changes in a drug regimen. So all of a sudden we can make one change and nationally all the content changes. So our business model is kind of like Netflix for businesses. So the business or the practice. So if you're a dentist or an ophthalmologist or a a knee or hip or spine surgeon, you spend a monthly subscription that goes to Engage Technologies, and then we deliver the entire library of content for all the things that that practice does, and then we wrap it in their brand, their look, their feel, their colors, their pictures, go all the way around it, and if they would like to, they can even drop in custom video content of themselves on the workflow, and now they use it every day with their patients like they invented it. We don't put our brand anywhere on it. And so that's kind of how that works. They pay a monthly subscription, they get all the content, all the technology and all the analytics. That's, that's so interesting. Yeah, you do, I, I see minimal brand here from, from your side, from your company. Why not? It sounds like, like this might be happening. I'm, I'm not sure, but I didn't hear anything about sort of coverage plans like Medicare Advantage or, or any of those potential clients. Do you view that as a space to move into or are you really just focused on, on these uh, sort of, it sounds like smaller providers. Yeah, we have an intersection between kind of two worlds. The first world is the practices themselves. 
or it could be also hospital systems. But secondly, we also work with industry. So let's say, for example, in the eye care world, when it comes to you know, the number one surgery in the world, which is cataract surgery. And so you've got different companies like Alcon or Johnson & Johnson or Bausch & Lomb, Zeiss, they make those interocular lenses. And so the ability to actually help them tell their story. So for example, working with Alcon, the, the leading manufacturer makes an extraordinary lens, but the patient doesn't understand all these options. They're overwhelmed by them. And so this allows us to work with the manufacturer, help us tell their story, but then we put it in the doctor's hands and the doctor gets to use that content to share with their patients. Now, frankly, some doctors don't like working with brand names. They would rather educate the patient with no brand name association. And so we also build a universal explanation of what cataract surgery is, what an interocular lens is, what a premium lens is, because premium means they have to pay out of pocket for it. And so we actually build it both ways because we believe the patients should be at the center and the doctor should be allowed to do it however they would prefer. And some doctors really have brand preferences, some of them don't. And so we build these libraries so that they have the choice of how they want to educate their patients. But they also have all the analytics to back it up. So thinking about patient outcomes, yeah. it sounds like the end measurement of success for, for, for your technology, for your company as it stands right now, is really patient satisfaction you know, as determined by your clients, which are the businesses that you know, you're, you're a B2B. In, in particular. Correct. Um, now, there is, there is major movements in the healthcare space towards like value-based healthcare. Um, mm-hmm. So essentially reducing unnecessary healthcare spending, reducing acute utilization, you know, getting certain behaviors that would, let's say, keep, uh, p- keep people attached to their primary care versus utilizing the emergency room as primary care. Yes. Um, and there's just this whole suite of behaviors, like anything from like, did you go for a walk today? Just, just really basic stuff that can p- pay huge health dividends if people were just to bake that into their weekly habits or even daily habits. So do you see anything? I mean, it looks like your technology could fit in there, but, but, but what do you think? Yeah, no, you're hitting on a really important topic here. Because uh, James, what you just described are kind of a combination of things. One, the hardest thing in healthcare is behavioral change, right? It's really hard to get people to change their behavior. We've got issues with adherence when it comes to medication, post-operative instructions, and then of course, just being able to get more healthy, lose the weight, and many of the things that keep us healthy in general. Well, that's one of the reasons why storytelling is so powerful because people lose their way because they lose their why. And so when you have a strong enough why, almost no obstacle will stop you. But part of the issue here is in a capitated care situation with ACOs and those that now go from fee for service to, wow, how do we actually create prevention in population health? Right. So this is a whole environment where data-driven video storytelling without friction could be a game-changing force because suddenly, hey, congratulations, happy birthday. It's great. You just turned 50. All of a sudden, the data knows that, the health plan, the provider, insurance company, or the employer all have that data. And so wouldn't it be amazing that suddenly from your primary care doctor's office, you get a happy birthday greeting from their practice. And by the way, you know what 50 means? It's time to schedule that colonoscopy. Yep. And you know what? To make that simple, here's a t- uh, you can tap this link right below to go ahead and schedule that. But let us take a few moments to explain why this is so important and why this allows us to be able to get ahead of your health to protect you and your family, your legacy, here's a couple of patients that actually missed getting that done and why they wish they would have done that. So now all of a sudden, you're not just dealing with the how, you're dealing with the why, and then you're providing a very simplified way by a simple tap on that phone. 
And now all of a sudden it goes in, sets up an appointment to come in there. It can remind you pre-instructions uh, and colonoscopy. A lot of them get canceled because people don't eat properly. So you can see when it comes to being able to also deal with, hey, these uh, biometric data just came back or your test results came back. Now we're showing that you may have signs of hypertension. So let's go ahead and set you up with a specialist in this environment. Or hey, your A1C means this. Let's get you set up with an endocrinologist or someone to talk about the potential for prediabetes, et cetera. So there's a whole lot of ways to use all of these data layers, not to do things that aren't anything but serving that patient and making it simple. Because the bottom line is we've got to bend the cost curve down in healthcare. We cannot afford the clip that it's rising. And so the other thing about uh, infrastructure that I find interesting is that infrastructure always creates new business models. So when the railways came in, when fiber came in, when highways came in, let alone the internet. And so now the famous example that you see with you know uh, the shift from Blockbuster Video to Netflix, well, it's almost never the incumbents that come up with the innovation. It seems like the ideas always have to come from the outside. And so that's why Reed Hastings and Netflix you know, figured out a way to use streaming, which is new infrastructure, to be able to transfer a movie with an instant click. Well, what did that do? Well, it shifted a $5 billion market cap on um, Blockbuster to a $200 billion market cap on Netflix at the time mm. because they had better infrastructure. But here's the thing that I think is fascinating. It made things far less expensive. Instead of spending four or $5 per movie, now it's you know nine or 10 or 15 or $20 per month for unlimited. Plus, most importantly, the customer experience went through the roof. It's way better to click a button and not drive there and back twice to rent and return, as well as the fact that you now have something that actually is much better, a lot less cost, better uh, experience, and it brings the cost curve way down. We've got to apply those types of ideas to healthcare. And so that's why we're excited about infrastructure that finally allows storytelling from trusted relationships with important milestones in someone's life to really help them on those journeys, but to give them the why all the way through. That why, that's such an interesting thing. Um, and, and, you know, part of that, what I, what I heard you say there was, uh, and I respond to cautionary tales. That's just me. I don't know how many people do. And I know there's, um, there's a lot of taboo around that. We're really, you know, healthcare and, and other elements of society are really moving towards a, like a destigmatization approach. Um, but I do learn from cautionary tales. You tell me, hey, don't do this because look at this horrific outcome for people that do that. I, I, make, it, I make it a super priority to, to not engage in those behaviors. That's just how my brain works. Um, but what, it, you know, your thoughts on that in terms of baking that into your content? Well, that's a big part of prevention is helping people realize what can occur if you don't check. And frankly, one of the biggest issues around healthcare is people saying, I didn't know, I didn't realize, I didn't understand. And so when it comes to so much of the modern technology that can really do a phenomenal job doing, doing diagnostics about our health, our, our blood, our bodies, but we don't often go in to find that out. And so uh, recently I had a situation where we needed to, to get key man insurance uh, for uh, myself and one of our other executives, and we had to get blood tests and go through a physical. Well, suddenly that turned up a high PSA. Well, prostate cancer is very avoidable as long as you know it's present. Yeah. And so that PSA test is a really great early indicator to get ahead of something it can be quite serious, but the earlier onset of opportunity to get data to put you on a journey is so powerful. But we don't have the human um, uh, energy with nurses and doctors doing all of that the old fashioned way. Right. We've got to figure out a much better method. 
And I've always been struck by this statement that says, you know, every system is capable of a maximum efficiency. And so the maximum efficiency in certain infrastructures kind of ha has a limit. But as our Blockbuster example, new infrastructure, wait a minute, you can stream it all simultaneously. That's a much better maximum efficiency and a much lower cost. And so that's why we've got to figure out how to go from brute force energy and phone calling people and putting something in their hand that can really take them on a journey. That's also really compassionate and very sincere. And so our content is filled with a lot of, of um, nurture and compassion to help them understand what they need to, to go through. And, you know, I think that's a big part of healthcare is if, if you're healthy, you kind of forget how many people live in the healthcare world until you suddenly need it. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most amazing and most admirable professions, but boy, we've got to figure out a way to bring the joy back to the provider as well. Because one of the least things they, that they're least fond of is repeating the same thing over and over and over every day. And so that's one of the things our tech can do is help alleviate that whole layer, which is difficult for doctors to put up with on a daily basis. Gotcha. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, that's, that's one of the things I had prepped here when I, when I thought about, when I started reviewing your company online, and, and I wanted to ask you about this specifically, you know, how much sort of a physician burden do you think your technology will reduce? I mean, it's, it's a big deal for physicians, for providers, you know, nurses in particular, they're, they're really not doing great. There's a lot of pressures on them. Um, there's revenue crunches, risk sharing and value-based care. That's not easy. Everything's moving in that direction. Um, and, and they're leaving the field. They're leaving the field. They're getting gobbled up by bigger health systems. They don't have the same level of control over how they deliver care as, let's say, doctors 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Because so much is driven by analytics um, and, and there's just different priorities being put down by health plans. So, so, you know, they're unhappy. I think by and large, providers can be pretty unhappy. It sounds like your technology to sort of lighten the load for them. Well, that's what the doctors and the staff tell us. And what we find is that in a, you know, a well-run up practice, you've got people that are very busy. <clears throat> and as the patients come through, you're having to consistently educate them on all of the things that you know they're going to need on a regular basis. When a patient comes through, it's a little bit like the staff is on a college campus and they're dealing with freshmen every day, all day long. Where do I park? How does this work? How long would this take? It's 101 questions. And how fun is it to answer the same 101 questions every day, all day long? And I think that creates a fatigue. And sometimes it doesn't come across very compassionate because they're kind of tired of it. Absolutely. But imagine if you, yeah, if you worked on that same campus and all you were dealing with were seniors. The seniors come in and talk about the things they're passionate about. They talk about their careers. They talk about the appreciation for what they've learned. They're not dealing with where do I park and what time does things, you know, where, where's the, the lunchroom? They're talking about things that are much higher on what we would call the top of the license for that doctor. And so it's so much more interesting for a doctor to talk to a patient who's come to them that's been pre-educated on their disease state, on what happens, on the preoperative instructions, on what these lens options are. And so we had one uh, private equity group that uh, used our technology and saw such an instant change in operational efficiencies. They said, hey, can we get an hour by hour data transfer of the patient data? Or like, well, yes, we could do that, but why would you want it so often? Because as we schedule the patients, we only want to schedule them for an hour. If they haven't watched, we need to schedule them for two hours. Interesting. So we're talking about a whole nother level of efficiency because the, the lift, the knowledge gap has been eliminated. And it also makes the patient come in much more intelligent and ready to have a kind of senior level communication versus a freshman version, which is just better for everyone.
Wow. Well, you know, and coming right from a private equity group, <laughs> I mean, they, if they know, if anyone knows analytics, it's it's those guys. They understand it very well, and they drive a phenomenal job for efficiency across their whole ecosystems. Yeah. Right. Um, so you know, everything that you said, it makes me think of this new technology that um, I, I, I don't think your 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 group is is into that, but I did want to ask your opinion on it. Um, there's this company, I think it's called One Huddle. And um, there's a couple of them out there. What they do is they, they're into this gamified learning. Yep. Uh, so they create these like really small bare bones, but, but you know, definitely entertaining sort of like trivia games hmm. that, you know, you go through these games, it's like, oh, you learn something that's super boring um, <laughs> otherwise, or, or really hard. Like it's, you know, the, the curve, on, the learning curve on that is pretty steep. Um, and so like they use this in the cryptocurrency sort of like world where, you know, you want to teach something complex to people that are interested in getting in, but how do they really sort of like understand crypto wallets or anything like that? So I wonder, do you see that as that that's a very different approach from short form video storytelling? Um, or maybe it's not, you know, is that competition or is that, or is that an opportunity to integrate? What, what do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. James, you're onto something there because, you know, the gamification of information makes things more engaging. And so we have this whole concept that we call learn and earn. Because our, our technology knows that you watch the video to the end and knows you watch the next one, we can even ask you questions after the video is over, again, with no login or friction, but still know it's you. Well, the ability to watch four or five videos in a row and go to the end and even have a question where you can prove knowledge transfer has occurred well, that's highly rewarding if you get something for that. Yes. So it could be a badge, it could be points, it could go into a loyalty system, it could be points against your health or wellness plan. And so the ability for mass population health to be able to go, hey, have you ever wondered if you've got diabetes? Well, here's one of the great ways to do that. Point your phone at this QR code. And in our world, it isn't about a QR code. We make the QR code automate a text. So you could type a certain keyword into your phone or scan a QR code that makes it text for you. When they tap send, it goes into our proprietary system. It captures their cell phone number automatically. That's how we do what we do. And then we can actually take them on that information journey and gamify it. So watch these three or four videos. And by the way, at the end, you watch to the end and ask a, a, answer a question properly. Here's a coupon for X or here's points towards Y. So being able to gamify, especially when it's in exchange for learning or knowledge transfer that adds value to my life. So I really think, yeah, you're onto something big when it comes to that. I think employers are going to be looking at multiple ways to bring the cost curves down by being able to gamify learning. The key is you can't expect people to stop their busy days, go figure out how to log back into that learning management system and watch some sort of a PowerPoint presentation again. Yeah, We've figured out how to eliminate that and reverse polarity to a push or a drip-based scenario that's always short, always 90 seconds to two minutes, and then you can watch it in your margins. And if you binge it, it knows where you are. If you forget, it reminds you. So it's kind of a whole new way to be able to create nurture without the friction. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about <laughs> the complexity, the ugly complexity of the healthcare system, you know, when you get innovative folks, you know, such as yourself and your company, and I'm sure your colleagues, you know, to really sit down and think about where to fix things. I mean, I hear so many things I've never heard before. It's like, yeah, you're right. That's, that's something that can get fixed with what you're proposing. Well, and you, you just also say, you know, people who've been in healthcare for a long time, you get so used to it. You start using the colloquialisms. And you kind of forget how much you talk over the head of your patient because it's just normal to you. Well, for example, I think we've got to bring design thinking into the patient process. 
a number of years ago, one of uh, the people in the VC community watched some of our content and they said, oh, I love this. And they said, you know, what my favorite video was, I said, which one was that? The one where you show the patient where to park on this giant campus and which door to actually go in. <laughs> they said, in healthcare, we forget to even mention any of that. But to the patient, that's the first experience. We're like, where do I go on this giant campus of the 15 doors that I could go and where I could park on this giant multi-acre environment? And so to be able to think about simplifying the process for everyone's benefit is just another way to look at that process. That's fantastic. That Yeah. And that really, you know, early on, you were talking about that sort of practice level, really sort of niche guidance that you could bake into these really deeply customized videos. And I was thinking to myself, huh, why not just make them a bit more general? And now with that last example you provided, it makes a lot of sense. You do, you know, to really optimize that, that patient experience, you do need to make it customized to what that patient will experience in that particular provider location. Um, and that's- yeah. And in most cases, 99% of what we make is completely universal. And as soon as you wrap it in that brand of the practice, make the links go to them, call them, email them, map to them, which is all part of the tech. But that piece I mentioned of a customized layer, we have a module, they can just, we can drop it right in. So it's still very scalable and still very, very affordable. But to your point, very personalized to that patient experience. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, how much client engagement does it take you and your company to really say, all right, this thing is customizable. This thing is, is great. It's done. It's baked. Yeah. Well, you know, it, we wouldn't have a business model if it wasn't universal. And so uh, years ago, we worked with Johnson & Johnson Depew and did a whole piece with Coach K, who back then had two hip replacement surgeries. And so he was the spokesman for J&J Depew. And so we sent our film teams out to shoot all of the content of him walking through that process, what happened before surgery, during, pre and post-op, et cetera. And so that works for anyone going through hip replacement surgery, right? So it's extremely universal. But as we get deeper, like the brand new libraries we just did for knee and hip and spine, there's a whole video before you come in for your appointment that explains what's going to occur. And then there's this moment where you're waiting. The doctor says, yes, you need surgery, but they have to have a prior authorization from insurance. Well, there's all kinds of questions about that. Well, guess what we have? We have four or five 90 second videos that explain that process. Okay. It's very helpful, universal as well. And then your pre-op and your post-op. And so it's amazing how, because it's customer or patient facing, how universal it really is. And so when we first started 15 years ago, people say, oh, five doctors, five opinions. You know what we found? <laughs> Actually, it wasn't the case. Now, if it's doctors talking to other doctors with continuing education or you know, surgical depths of how much the, uh, the incision should be, that's not what the patient cares about. The patient cares about how long will this hurt? What's my recovery time? What's the process? All of those things. There's an extreme amount of unanimity around the river of orthodoxy. We're right in the middle of it, which is also why doctors can pass their boards. If you couldn't all agree on it, you wouldn't have people passing the regulatory boards uh, across the country. And so we really are able to do, a, a, I think, a, a great job making this content extremely universal, but to the patient, it feels extremely personal to what they're going through. That's so interesting. Yeah. No, no, that, that underpins, right, your company in terms of scalability. Well, now we're working on going international because mobile devices are, of course, everywhere in the world and they want to learn the same way we do here in the U.S. So just a language barrier, would you say? Yeah, it's really all about content. It's just, you know, you need to make indigenous content with the same workflows and paying heavy attention to the unique nuances of those geographic areas around the world. 
but they're all still using that same device we are all over the planet, almost everywhere. And so that's why our company now is poised with our international uh, clients. They're wanting us to go as fast as we can to being utilized, uh, utilized all over the world because of the patient experiences that they're needing in you know, a way outside the US. And I saw this on your website and it's called the, the simple five-star review. And then there was this other phrase called the height of delight. And I couldn't quite understand that. Yeah. So our philosophy in that patient experience is they come into the practice uh, and we educate them before they arrive. We help educate them when they're at the reception, at chairside, when things are surfaced in terms of their diagnosis. And then when they check out, a big part of what happens in healthcare now is doctors have to pay attention to reputation management. Yes. Otherwise, Google reviews. Well, that's something that a lot of doctors kind of don't pay attention to. The problem is, is that people often with Google reviews, our reviews in general, often it's the angry people that are the first to go leave a review. And frankly, sometimes the angriest people are the ones you told no to who wanted pain pills they couldn't get refill, a refill on. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes doctors in a situation where they've got several negative reviews that really they don't deserve, but they weren't paying attention. Well, part of the issue today is if you just simply, oh, I've got my doctor's appointment. What's their address again? They Google the doctor. The doctor's address, uh, the name comes up. Well, right next to all of this, the Google reviews come up automatically. And so suddenly the patient is looking at the Google reviews going, whoa, this guy's got a bunch of very angry patients. And the doctor, frankly, can't respond very well because you've got HIPAA issues. And so what we've designed in our patient experience, what comes with our subscription, are a Google review sign that we give to the practice that's right there. And now, of course, the QR code has made it much easier. And what we do is we train the practices when you have someone that's at their height of delight in their patient experience, we say, oh, thank you so much. Would you mind leaving us a Google review? Oh, sure. How do I do that? And we have the sign right there in the practice. So we just say, point your phone right here. They tap, goes right to the five stars. They can fill out the five stars and leave a comment. So it's part of our offering that allows us to be able to give another mobile experience that helps them in the, you know, the provider environment. It helps the patient tell their story, which people love to tell their stories about what's going on. But we found that that's the, kind of the best way to do it. Remove the friction and do it at height of delight. That's when someone wants to leave review right when they're really appreciative with you. And that's where that term comes from. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, any chance, because I got to ask this, any chance that um, this feature could take a mediocre doc and just blow that doc scores up to something super positive? Do you, do you see that possibility or do you think that's, that's oh, no, it's, much of a big movement for, for this time. No, it's happened many, many times because they finally realize, oh, you know what? We need to be intentional. Now, the truth is you really want this to be a fair correlation to what's going on in the practice. Right. But if you've got a whole bunch of happy patients, the problem is many times they don't ask. It's too much friction to do it you know, at the office or they send some sort of automated reminder for them. And now their height of delight is passed. So the greatest moment to ask them is then. And so we've seen practices dramatically increase the amount of Google reviews because suddenly they had an easy way to let people do it. And that's what our philosophy in our company is all about, eliminating the friction and creating really rapid access to value. Gotcha. And, and, you know, you're right. I mean, the only time I ever think about leaving a Google review is when I'm pissed. (laughs) Right. That's a bad motivator. Your why is pretty strong. (laughs) (laughs) I swear the only time. Yeah. So so Michael, you know, your website, I I did look at this and I wasn't going to say it, but I, but now that we're starting to talk about it, you know, your website is a little, it's a little pared down. 
I felt that way. You know, when I look across, you know, websites of different companies, they really put themselves out there. I felt like your website was was a bit pared down. Um, you know, nothing wrong, but just you know, a little, not very spicy, a little underinformative. Um, do you have plans on on that front? Is there anything you're going to do there? We do. We kind of were intentionally in stealth mode because when you have such a disruptive technology you're not really ready to show it to the world. So we show it to our clients. And so our uh, ratio of the clients who see what we have, are working with some of the, the greatest Fortune 500 companies in healthcare in the world. And we get introduced thanks to our amazing medical advisory board to the executives very quickly. They ask us to present. And as soon as they see it, they're like, you gotta be kidding me. How fast can we have this? And so it's unique to have a, a solution that no one else yet has. I'm sure someone will compete with us at some point, but right now the combination of next generation mobile intelligence technology and our arc of engagement content design focused in these verticals, that three kind of combined Venn diagram is unique to who we are. And so later this year, you'll start to see us become much more public and putting out on our website, a visible way to see exactly how our tech works, what's unique about it, and the methodologies and the major partners we have across the country and now starting to be around the world. And it makes, you know, after hearing everything you said, seeing, you know, seeing the value in what you showed me and, and, and your responses, it makes a lot of sense. It's really the only acceptable answer. You're in stealth yeah. mode. <laughs> but that'll be changing here very shortly. Awesome. We're ready to go public. Yes. To the world, not, not to the stock market. All right, great. Michael, Michael, this has been this has been fantastic. I really enjoyed this conversation. 